we get deep into it each and every week as we have a chance to break down the film. Take a look at what the good and the bad, uh, the winners and the losers, if you will, inside the film room uh, on the week, uh, this week in the NFL, week six. You know who won and who lost, but we're talking about the film room and who looked good, maybe some um, some players, sides of the ball that really looked better than others and some that really failed. That's what we've got. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Bengals offense and um, DeAndre Hopkins and Tyreek Hill and the Saints and Jalen Hurts. A few guys that stood out or a few sides of the ball that stood out. That is the topic on today's Landry Football Podcast, part of the Landry Football Podcast Network, which you can get by subscribing, liking, and sharing the Landry Football Podcast Network on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. A reminder also that you can get the most detailed breakdowns of the game of football, college football, NFL, at LandryFootball.com. Take advantage of the football season. Say, oh, it's the best deal that we've got going. But you can try it out for a month. You can try it out for six months. A football season sale will get you the best deal, giving you a playing, coaching, scouting, and front office perspective on the college and NFL game. LandryFootball.com. Check it out today. Well, you know what happened this week, and if you want to get a recap of each and every game, we've got that for you. Check that out. But there were some winners and losers. Some uh, I thought Jacksonville had a complete game. I thought Miami's offense was very good. Um. I think certainly it was a good win by Cleveland. We'll get to their defense in a bit. Um, Detroit, very sound uh, uh, performance by them on all three facets of the game. So a lot of good here. And there's some more good individually and collectively. So let's get into it. You know, the Bears and the Vikings, not a very good game. And not a lot is going right for the Minnesota Vikings this year. They're two and four. Their star receiver, Justin Jefferson, will miss at least the next three games. The only positive, um, I would say, Kirk Cousins has played fairly well. But it's Daniel Hunter, 29-year-old edge rusher, has dealt with a back injury in 21, but he recorded 10 and a half sacks uh, in 17 games last year. Productive year. Still wasn't quite 100%, but after six games, man. Is he healthy and looking like one of the best pass rushers in the league? Now, you know who some of the best, you know, contenders for defensive player of the year. And I'm not touting him for that. But if you're talking about what we call blue-grade players, players that have graded out as good as any player in the league at their position, Daniil Hunter is one of them thus far this year. He had two sacks in week six, proved his season total to eight, tying him with T.J. Watt for the league lead. You certainly know about T.J. Watt and – how good he is. He currently leads the Vikings in pressures, 21. Quarterback hits, eight. 13 hurries and sacks. Um, he's in the final year of his contract, and he's going to get a huge payday in the 2024 season. He's a player that you need to know, you need to be aware of. The team's not going anywhere, but this guy's going to get for a big head for a big payday. <clears throat> a bad sign was the Bengals' offense. First half yesterday, I thought the Bengals – we're on to something good there. Uh, Joe Burrow was playing well, moving well. And there was kind of a belief here in the early part of the season that the issues with the Bengals' offense was due to Joe Burrow's calf injury. And that's certainly the biggest part of it. But it's not the only part. It beat the Seahawks 17-13. It was the defense that did it. The offense had 214 total yards, but only 63 yards on six second-half drives. Uh, they picked up just three first downs in the second half. The offense struggled to have a positive play in the second half. 
The only points they scored after halftime came after an interception, but the Bengals did not gain a single yard on the drive. They struggled mightily. They're 3-3 three and three entering the bye week. They weathered the storm and are still in the hunt for the AFC North. Now, the hope is that Burrow's calf continues to improve, but they've got to figure out a way to get things going <coughs> on offense. Uh, even with Bell, uh, Burrow getting healthier, they got a long way to go. And the defense, to their credit, stepped up and got it done against a playoff-caliber team in Seattle, no less. So good job defense. But if the Bengals are going to revive and get it going, Joe Burrow and that offense is going to have to kick it in high gear. In the same division, on the positive side is what the Cleveland Browns defense has done. Uh, Jim Schwartz has done a great job taking over a defense that finished number 20 in points per game last season, giving up 22.4 per game. He's turned them around in a big-time way. It's the number one-ranked offense in the NFL. The Niners averaged more than 33 points per game this season, and Browns just held them to 17 points and 215 yards. They averaged just 3.9 yards per play. It was one of the worst offensive games in the Kyle Shanahan era. Now, listen, it's not all about just a great defense. The Niners did not have some of their weapons. It was a sloppy game, wet. Hey, uh, Brock Purdy could not hang on to the ball very well. But those are all issues that contributed to it. But let's give credit where credit is due to the Browns' defense. Through six weeks, the Browns have the NFL's best defense by um, uh, average uh, 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 play uh, allowed, yards per play allowed. A ton of success um, uh, in this game uh, with Nick Chubb out for the season, Deshaun Watson status up in the air. Um, they 3-2, and two, lean on their defense to win games. They did it on Sunday and got it done in a big-time way. Pardon me. Um, negative. DeAndre Hopkins of the Titans. It's not on on DeAndre, but he did decide to sign with the Titans instead of under other contenders this offseason. He caught just one pass for 20 yards. It was the fifth time this season it was held to just fewer to fewer than 70 yards. One thing that has been shocking about Hopkins' usage in Tennessee has been the lack of red zone work. It's just two receptions on eight targets for 12 yards in the red zone this season. It's not caught a touchdown. Things might get a lot worse if Tannehill's forced to miss time due to that injured knee. So they head into their week seven bye with a record of two and four. Might be time for the uh, time for the Titans to consider trading him to a contender for some picks. This team is going nowhere fast. Um, on the other side is Tyreek Hill, the Dolphins. Another massive game. Six passes, 163 yards, and a touchdown. Um, he's consistent, and what he's done for this offense has been phenomenal. When the Chiefs traded him to the Dolphins, there's an expectation that his stats would take a major hit. Um, because he's leaving Mahomes and unproven to a, uh, not only has he continued to produce, he's made his teammates more productive. And that's saying a lot. Normally, you don't see that a lot with receivers. But um, he's been phenomenal. In the 18 games that Tua has started and finished, Hill has 126 receptions, 2,062 yards, and 13 touchdowns. It means he's averaging more than 114 receiving yards per game when Tua is the quarterback. The Dolphins average 30 points per game when both players are on the field and 37 points this season. Incredible numbers. Hill has already has uh, 814 yards through six games. He's helped Tua be an MVP candidate. 
So he is absolutely a big-time weapon and a difference maker for this Dolphins offense. On the downside, got to go with the New Orleans Saints defense. They've had one of the um, least exciting offenses over the past few years. They've averaged 19.4 points per game in 22. They had Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston at quarterback. They added Derek Carr, which is really important. Uh, Carr has been fine at quarterback, but the Saints offense continues to sputter. And that's why I would like to put their offense on notice as a real negative. The average is 18 points uh, per game. They've been held to fewer than 21 points in five or six games. Carr threw for 351 yards in week six, only led to 13 points. Uh, whenever the Saints needed, needed Carr to make a big play, he's failed to do so for the most part. Saints played a pretty soft schedule with their losses to the Packers, the Bucks, and the Texans have been hugely disappointing. Those are teams that are eminently beatable. I thought they would contend in the South, not in the NFC, but in the NFC South. But losing to the Bucks, losing to the Pack, and losing to the Texans, not a good look. They were favorites to win the South, and you know, but through six games, they're three and three. They're tied with the Falcons for number two behind the Bucks. Uh, other than the the you know the the Panthers who are awful. And the Saints are just just another team, if that. He hasn't uh, Carr hasn't elevated the talent around him. Not real optimistic about the future going forward. I don't know that this is going to turn around in a positive way. Um, also, what jumps out at me on tape is how poorly Jalen Hurts and the Eagles' offense is playing. <clears throat> this should have been an easy game for the Eagles. Jets didn't have Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed, their top two corners. Everything the Jets do on defense is based on having two elite corners. Without them, it's certainly an opportunity to make some A here. Um, Jalen Hurts probably played the worst game of his career. The first of three interceptions that he threw was on third and eight at the Jets 46. The ball was deflected in the air, picked off by Quentin Williams. That interception wasn't on Hurts, but such is life as a quarterback in the NFL. The second interception came after Hurts had his arm hit by Jermaine Johnson. The pass was picked up by Bryce Hall, but it was another turnover in Jets territory. The third interception was probably the worst he's had in his career. With the 14-12 lead, the Eagles were in a position to run the clock and eventually pin the, Jeeps, uh, the Jets deep into the territory. Uh, with less than two minutes remaining, Hurts threw a backbreaking interception to Tony Adams that was returned inside the Eagles' 20. A play later, the Jets scored the go-ahead touchdown. Um, he had a chance to redeem himself on the next drive. Down four, he had 146 left with two timeouts. But instead of leading on a winning drive, gained just two yards, and Hurts nearly threw his fourth interception. Had just six interceptions in 22, but he's already had seven through six games. They're placing more on Hurts' shoulder this season. But so far, the offense doesn't look the same. It's not a bad offense, but something's off. And the reason is they're putting too much on him in the passing game. That's not Hurts' game. Hurts can be very effective when you can run the football and you have to defend him in the run game and it creates the spacing and coverage right now, people are having to play it a little more basic and a little more against the pass. And he's not as precise. And they're finding that out. Uh, they need Lane Johnson back. They need him healthy. They need to establish the line of scrimmage better. Uh, if not, the Eagles are definitely vulnerable. I still like this team. I still think they've got a lot of talent. But they need to get healthy, and they need to get their offense back on track. They're not as good as they were last year at this time. 
by a long shot. And even though the Niners lost as well, the Niners look like they have all the pieces. The Eagles look like they're missing some key pieces. So those are some thoughts inside the film room of some winners and losers, some good and some bad, some games within the games, as we like to call them. If you want more details on stuff like this, the NFL, college football, breakdowns of the college game, the pro game, from a playing, coaching, scouting perspective, we got it covered for you at LandryFootball.com. Take advantage of our football season sale uh, and get the best information on the market. Also, a reminder to subscribe, like, and share the Landry Football Podcast Network on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. For now, always great to be with you, and uh, we'll see you over on LandryFootball.com and next time right here on the Landry Football Podcast Network.